gentlemen, welcome to the Startup Soiree Podcast. This is your host, Patrick Reif. I'm back on the move once again. I'm bringing it to you from the east side of Mount Vernon. Uh, a fun trip for me. I used to live in Mount Vernon many years ago, so it's always great to come back to the neighborhood uh, to not the least find um, that there are cool little businesses operating uh, in the nooks and crannies here. Um, so I came out today uh, to speak with Emily Kukalon from Paperbase. Emily, welcome to the Startup Soiree podcast. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so Paperbase, why don't you set, like start us off real quick, ground us in what it is and, and who you are, maybe a little bit of your background. Sure. I'm Emily Kukalon. I'm a printmaker and artist. I'm from Massachusetts and moved down here to go to MICA and after graduating just sort of this happened. <laughs> Paperbase was never a plan really. It was me and another artist, my one of my co-founder, Elizabeth. This was our studio and we were just working on our own artistic projects and got really lonely. We missed the sort of community that we had at MICA so we decided to start our own type of space here in our studio. So Paperbase is a community workspace, print shop, studio for illustrators and printmakers and other freelance creatives. Awesome. And how long has it been happening? We've officially been open since October. Okay. It took us about a year or so to kind of get our idea formulated and get things up and running. Awesome. So um, what's the primary goal? Our goal is to have a open studio space and print shop that artists can come in and work here with us and also have their own private studios here with us too. So they can not only just come in, use our space and go home, but they can have a home base type situation for their practice. So what, um, what is your ideal um, participant in this community? I'm guessing that there's something specific about it um, and, and maybe even that sets you guys apart differently than what's happening on North Avenue at the print studios there. Um, this feels um, a little bit more intimately like fine art as opposed to industrial version of it, but I don't want to say that. That's a good thing to pick up on. We, well, we have a few different ideal community members. We have the illustrator and the graphic design freelancer who is typically working at home or maybe they work in a coffee shop, but they're really isolated in their practice and maybe they're looking to spread out and have a little bit more of a dialogue with other artists who are also creating at the same time that they are. So that's one person. We also have the printmaker, like myself, who maybe does all of their preliminary work, their sketching, their idea of formulating in that part of their practice somewhere else. Maybe it's in their home or on a couch somewhere. And then they take that work and they go to a print shop and just kind of do the printing action and that's their final step which doesn't really work for me. That's what I missed, was having a space where I could do all of that in one space. Mm -hmm. The sketching and the 
working out problem solving and then go to the press and print it and then maybe go back and formulate a little bit. So there's more of a fluid process where you can do all of that in mm-hmm. one space. So that's those are our two types of people. Awesome. So what is your what is your membership like? We have daily rates as well as hourly from printing and stuff like that. Okay. So you can come and work here at our big table like we're sitting at now, use our kitchenette and our Wi-Fi, and that's $5 a day or $50 a month. Uh-huh. And we're currently open two days a week. And then for printing, either you can come in and if you know what you're doing, it's 10 bucks per hour to print, use all the printing equipment. If you need some assistance, we can work with you and that's $20 an hour. Awesome. Hold your hand and help you through the process. Right, right. Learn, learn, learn the, the passes, mm-hmm. if you will. So, why was community so important? So, like in that, I think, I think that you're, you've hinted at something really interesting, uh, and maybe one of the things that is most interesting is that you realized it so quickly from having it and then not having it for a period of time. Like, I guess when your studies, you know, mm-hmm. concluded. And recognizing, uh, like, what is it? Like, what's different? What's missing that was there before that I enjoyed? So, what is that? How did you come to it and why? It's really isolating when you're working and you're on your own stuff by yourself or even in a space where maybe someone is a door down. You're really separate from people. And it'd be really great if you're being productive and you're just kind of whipping something out and you're in that zone. But when you're not in that mindset, you're just there by yourself. There's no one to bounce ideas off of, or it's hard to step back from your work and say, hmm, something's not working. I wish I had someone else who could look at this from a fresh perspective mm-hmm. and maybe mention something that I'm overlooking. That conversation, it was really lost after graduating. I personally, and I know Elizabeth too, was stuck in my own little studio by myself just there trying to be creative and it's hard when you're shut off from people to be inspired yeah absolutely so how long did it take when 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 you guys started moving in that direction how how long did it take for you to to realize that um what you were missing was something that other people were missing and and to start to like foster that community it was pretty quick this all happened really fast it took about four months from when we graduated in may elizabeth and i were in the same class we graduated and then i had a show in philly and she came up with me to do that opening and that was the beginning of september and while we were there we met some other printmakers it was a print show me and another printmaker and one of them she made us a map she just like stopped us in the middle of the opening was like hey these are all the places you need to check out while you're here and she made us a whole list of all of these different spaces they were private studios workspaces kind of like bps baltimore print studios where you can come in and print and it's a whole list of all these places and so we went the next day and we just were on this scavenger hunt to look at these different spaces. My favorite was they told us, go to this space, pull the string to ring the bell, and wait. Just wait. So we did it. And 
two minutes later, we heard footsteps. Someone came down, they unlocked the door, and then they disappeared. So we went in and we looked around, and it was so cool. It was just all of these different spaces. These did you go to the sculpture studios. gym? We did not. We were going to print spaces, okay. mostly. The sculpture gym is a pretty yeah. special spot in Philadelphia. Yeah, it's like very much like, like that. Like So, yeah, we were just looking at all these different spaces, and was, we realized this is what we were missing. We were missing this community space where if you go to one space, they'll say, oh, you have to go check out these guys too. And that kind of connection. So on our drive home, we were brainstorming. Like, how could we bring this to Baltimore? And that was in September. It took us until October, November to realize this was something we really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And we've just been chipping away ever since. That's great. Well, congratulations on having a hunch and following through Thanks. on it. That's a huge part of it. You know, it's really funny that um, it's taken so long to figure out how this type of stuff scales into adulthood, um, because what you know, what we're all doing and describing isn't any different than what happened through your entire undergraduate when when you were at MICA. You know, whether it was in the Copycat Building or all of the like galleries that go down Howard Street. You know, current is is current in the Copycat and the theaters that sprung up. You know, all of those things are things that all happened in that in that you know like pretty fertile period of time that incubation of what happens between 18 and and 23 and um it's funny that it's taken so long to recognize that that's just community that it's not necessarily something uh that you know it's not juvenile it's not like adolescent um it's just i guess it's it's like the necessity bundling through right because you can't go to bars you can't do that kind of stuff but you still need that sense of community right so you Mm -hmm. create it yourself and then we lose perspective of being able to create that that narrative for ourselves because whether it's because you you grow up and you get old enough to be able to participate in adult style things and that happens simultaneously with when a lot of those kind of constant forced Integrations when you're in school and you're you having to do it, you're having to hear about other people and what they're doing, and then getting curious from it. You know, like very quickly, you lose it, and then you start to expect that you should be looking for it in a different place that like signifies that you're an adult, as opposed to recognizing that what you've been working on is what what it is, what you actually want, and that there isn't like a signifier to. Like transition it to a different place. That's or... so true. And when you don't work a nine to five where you go to work and your colleagues are that community for you, you're really at a loss. Yeah. You gotta create your own world. Mm-hmm. So oh, so where does paper base go? What 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 are the plans for it? We have big hopes and dreams. Um we wanna move out of this tiny space yeah. into a more commercial setting where we can have private studios and a larger print shop and working space, some more, more space basically, so that we can cater to all of these people who we've realized really do want this too. And then, how how else does it grow aside from just being a facility? Does it grow programmatically? Are mm-hmm. there ideas in that regard? We've started offering workshops and classes and private events, um, so we'd like to take that up a notch. Really offer those on a consistent basis. Right get some more people to come in and collaborate with us on things like that and eventually I would love to have a residency program have people who can come and stay and really 
work in our space for a long period of time and collaborate with us in that respect. Is there any thought towards acknowledging the kind of dearth of conversation around business and the arts and, and kind of fostering those conversations? Uh, so for instance, I own businesses now, but I'm definitely a, a musician. That's what I spent my whole life doing. I didn't go to college until I was 27 because uh, I was going to make records for a living. And I really wish that I had been um, more pragmatic about the business part of my passion because it would have it would have carried a lot further. Uh, and I don't necessarily think that it's done, but like then, in terms of like capitalizing off of the energy that I had and the ideas that I had then and bringing them further into the light, you know, being, if I had been pragmatic and less um, precious about the business side of it, it would have served me much better. And I think that, um, that that's one of the things that I say pretty regularly is I think that artists and the arts really need to embrace the conversation about um, the business side of what they do, not only so that they can continue doing it and it has their, their personal uh, success gets bundled in, but also because it elevates the seriousness of the arts, right? You know, like being able to talk about what you're producing and know what its market share is and how you create that market share and like what is fair and when to hedge and when to like stick and like all of those like fundamentals. It's important to project that, but it's also important down to the space of, you know, if artists were more business people, then the legislature wouldn't be so unfair to artists, right? You know, like mm-hmm. talking about when you get famous and donate some piece to some auction, right? And you get to write off the cost of paper, mm-hmm. maybe your time, maybe. maybe. And then the person that buys it gets to write off like $4 million that they, that they spent for it. So I think that a lot of that acumen that exists there, just by participating in it more, it really allows the, the whole, you know, the entire form the, the, the study of, of art to really grow and become something different because it educates the body that isn't participating is in it as well. Um, and that's important because we have to, you know, like, because as artists, we have to listen to all the other stuff that we don't care about, right? Being it's leveraged because so it's true. making money, right? You know, if, if, if we had better business acumen, could the arts perform, you know, like, like the Super Bowl does? Probably not right away, but, you know, like we see... A lot of money happens in Miami a few times a year, right, at the major art shows that happen down there. I mean, that's just one place, you know, it's possible to have that stuff happen. And, you know, the more we talk about it, the more potential, instead of it being, you know, only billionaires from wherever coming to buy the work, we have people that live in our cities around us that can appreciate and want to buy it, you know wouldn't need to be so expensive if we could sell more of it. Right. <laughs> what a picture-perfect world that would be. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine people, your next-door neighbors waiting to buy, buy your, your most recent painting from you? <laughs> you know, it really should be that way. It really should. And, and I think that that's what I mean. It can, and it will be that way, but it just it necessitates a responsibility and like a stewardship through all, all the things that touch the arts. And I think that the... the the day of someone being sequestered away just to have their ideas and not have to have diligence towards where those ideas meet the market, it's, it's undercutting the potential of that individual, but also the whole thing and, and where it goes from here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> How do I even respond to that? 
So I'm curious if you have caught wind of the Innovation Village. No. So I will introduce you. The Innovation Village is... Um, Jeez, let me see. Like, how do I start describing this? It started with uh, the MRCDC, which is the Mount Royal Community Development Corp. It was a bunch of neighbors that lived up in Reservoir Hill mm-hmm. that like started trying to figure out how they could make Reservoir Hill a better place to live for their families. And it started like sweeping the streets together on Saturdays for an hour, or like having dinner, or like having a party in the evenings, sitting on stoops and talk, like that kind of stuff. And what it's turned into is this massive, massive project to turn, you know, Penn North, Reservoir Hill, Upton, all the way over to Micah, all the way up to Druid Hill Park, to Johns Hopkins, and then ultimately being anchored by Coppin all the way out on the other side. So it's a huge partnership between Micah and Coppin. Uh, that, so uh, Sammy Hoy... Right, mm-hmm. he was uh, at a press conference with uh, all the Innovation Village people. Startups where he plays a big role in this in this conversation as well. Uh, a few weeks ago, kind of with all these universities and the office of the mayor and all of the like community associations all recognizing this thing that's trying to happen. And what it's about is, you know, broadly that neighborhood that I just described, that huge swath, is literally the most well um, resourced for transportation area in the entire city. So it's got four major, so it's got Micah, right? Mm -hmm. It's got Coppin, it's got UB, it's got Johns Hopkins. So there are four major institutions that sit all around it. And it's got Penn Station, so it's got heavy rail coming from out 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 of city. Then it's got light rail. And then on the corner of Pennsylvania and North Avenue, there's a subway stop. So there's been nothing built around a subway stop in like a real way. You know, like there's that one down at Shot Tower, and then there's the one at Civic Center or City Center, whatever it is. But there's not people that really live around either of those places. So what they're calling that whole area is the is an innovation district. Uh, and they're modeling it after things that have happened in, uh, in, in Boston, uh, and a handful of other innovation districts around the world that have taken areas and intentionally brought in resources to start providing jobs and providing new opportunities in areas and slowly kind of like flipping them. But as opposed to flipping them with like a Chipotle coming in and like a movie theater being the anchor institution, it's young businesses and it's incubators that are teaching skills and resources that are applicable in the jobs that they're also Mm going to produce Mm -hmm. in that area. Um, so one of the things that's happening with MICA, that one of their huge interests, aside from the fact that it flanks the entire other side of their world, um, geographically speaking, mm-hmm. but they also need more gallery space and they need first-rate gallery space that can compete with Miami and compete with New York and compete with Madrid and compete with London in terms of being able to really host m- major scale shows, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to like smaller scale shows. Baltimore right. doesn't have any like first rate, first rate galleries like that. So they're looking for that, but they're also looking for more partnerships and more of like, um, more of like a working understanding of the community that they exist in. Uh, on the other side of it, 
they have a ton of buildings up at the top of Reservoir Hill. I don't know if you're familiar with Reservoir Hill on the oh, top yeah. there, but where the archway is, mm -hmm. so there's that, that massive warehouse that's to the other side of it. That's a mica building. The next one over is also a mica building. It used to be where they would um, repair the trolley cars when Baltimore had a trolley system. They've had it for years, and I think they just use it for storage. But it could very easily be turned into massive studio spaces um, or massive gallery spaces. So they're looking at it in that regard. So I think that, quite frankly, that could be a massive opportunity for you guys because there are... I'm actively kind of recruiting companies to come and learn about Innovation Village because there's so much real estate and infrastructure that's over there that's unused. Um, so I'm doing it more from the Startup Soiree side of it and really telling the story there. And we did Startup Soiree over at the Arch Social Club last Thursday. We kicked it off over in Penn North. Um, but I don't know how many businesses Micah has placed in the project yet. Um, so I think that they would really, really love to hear what you guys are doing over here and more importantly, what your aspirations are. Because when it, when it comes to being the right fit, I mean, mm -hmm. you're Micah alum, you want to, you know, you're trying to create community with this business and you need more square footage. And all of those three things are like the primary lights on the ship. That is so true. We have been in touch with Micah a good amount, specifically with their current development office and their continuing studies offices over Let there. Let me work on that. Yeah. I'll make an introduction to some of those people over there. And at least you can learn about it because it'll be something that you'll you'll want to be involved in. I mean, definitely Micah is putting a large part of their energy towards it. And um, there are a lot of ways that you guys could benefit. And you should. Like, if this is what you want to do, it seems like a really good model. And you want to open up more opportunities for people to learn and exactly. you know get kind of resources under their belt. And you should definitely be encouraged to not only be able to prosperously do that, but, but you know, to, to fulfill what, what your goal is more, right? You know, mm -hmm. it's a pretty... Uh, pretty wholesome goal that you've set in front of you so it's something that everyone should be able to get behind pretty easily yeah i had had heard rumors of this but didn't realize how large scale it's huge it's it really is. really huge some of the projects i'm trying to think what's definitely coming online in 2016 are uh all of druid hill park will be lit up with free wi-fi um as will Penn north will have free wi-fi um there is a building up in Reservoir Hill called Tune Up City Garage. Um, are you familiar with White Lock there? So it's just down from the farm. Okay. Uh, so that is being, that'll be open in May. Uh, I think that's when the startup story is going to be there. And that is going to host uh, a handful of companies. And then there's going to be like a startup incubator uh, called Startup Nest is going to have a footprint mm -hmm. there. And then I think a bakery is going in on the first floor. Um, and then Dovecoat, I don't know if you caught wind of that, that coffee yeah. shop, Dovecoat. Yeah. Um, that's where I just came from. What's up, Aisha? Uh, they opened, you know, a few months ago and have just, like, created this crazy community. They really have. I mean, it's, so it's, it's amazing. I go, I go there as much as I possibly can. Uh, because it just makes me feel so good to walk in the door. Uh, everyone is so sweet. Every time I go there, I meet three to like nine more people because it's just like flocking to it. They definitely have hit upon something really special. So it's cool. 
Yeah. And that's just one part of the project. So that building, what other things? There's like the potential for an innovation center. Uh, there's potential for a center for entrepreneurship that's going to go in. Um, a lot more kind of music, a lot of like programming that is ideally going to be really accessible um, and not necessarily um, in technology specific, right? So like also figuring out ways that we create like cool cool things in the innovation village that aren't just about like writing code, you know, things Good. that are about, <laughs> right? So like a paper business, right? You know, like the same thing, what you were missing was why we created Startup Soiree. So Nick and I were like manufacturing photo booths and building a rental business. And we wanted to start writing software for it, but less that more, we wanted to scale the company and make it grow bigger. And we realized that by having infrastructure that we had to like rent, like photo booths, like we couldn't, we couldn't be in beta more, you know, like we couldn't be in those places because it just wouldn't have fit our business model. But we also recognized that we missed out on a lot of, uh, a lot of camaraderie and a lot of sharing information that would help our business grow more quickly. So we started to say like, oh, well, how do we create that? But for us, and for other people that might have, you know, like a, a bakery or, or a coffee shop or a barber shop or a print studio or something like that where you, your physical, the physical needs of your business prevent you from being able to do that. And the other way to do that is to create an incubator around what you want to do. Um, and it's just, it's like such a wonderful model because it really does, it's not just having the open floor panel of the kitchen. It's like mm -hmm. actually having people to be in here and appreciate that we can like build businesses now that operate like this where you literally, you know, I can pay you $50 a month and come in and get my deliverables down and hopefully help you out with some things and get a chance to talk with people and share ideas and get some feedback on my work. Awesome. Yeah. Um, that's it. I, I don't want to keep rambling. I feel like we could keep going. Before we go, um, let everyone know how to best follow along and also how to get in touch so all of the papermakers and the illustrators and the graphic designers that are out there listening saying, this place sounds amazing, let them know. Also, I want to say real quick, David Cobb, if you're still listening, this place is in the basement of your old building. <laughs> David, David used to live up here and now he lives in uh, North Carolina. But I know he listens, so I figure I'll give him the shout out. But yes, where? Okay, so our website is pprbase.com. So paperbase without the vowels. Our Instagram, we're very active on Instagram, more so than Facebook, but we do have both, and it's the same, P-P-R-B-A-S-E, paper base. And we also have an email, hello at paperbase.com, and email is definitely the best way to kind of catch us. Perfect. Emily, thank you for letting me come and visit your studio this morning uh, and being willing to talk with us for the Soiree Podcast. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, guys, that is it. Wrapping it up. Uh, what do I got to say to you all? I hope everybody enjoyed the first soiree of the year over at Art Social Club. I know that it was definitely my favorite one yet. Excited to see you all at Maryland Art Place uh, on the 25th of February. We're going to have another incredible talk and a good party as well. Um, if you haven't yet please hit the subscribe button, whether it's in your iTunes player, Stitcher Radio, the SoundCloud app, 
YouTube, all of those spots you can find the podcast. Make sure you're following along. If you have a few spare moments, hop over to iTunes and leave us a quick review. Let the world know what it is you find fascinating about the Startup Swarry podcast so we can get more attention for all these incredible Baltimore businesses. Okay, this is your host, Patrick Greif. I am signing off. Keep taking care of each other. Peace.